it's not a, this isn't an actual movie set. It doesn't really matter. Let's be honest, it, it syncs up just fine when we start talking. The clap is just a formality at this point. It's important. It's true. We are here trying to help stimulate the middle class of music. Stop pressing CDs. What is the reason people don't hit publish? Fear. Consistent quality content. Hey guys, Vance and I want to answer your questions. Hit us up on Twitter at VanceFight and at Tom Dupree the Third, and use the hashtag MusicStuffShow. Whether it's an idea for an episode or you just want a quick reply, we want to help. Welcome to the Music Stuff Show. Hello! And for the first time, my shtick was interrupted. Where we break down the business of music to help you build a career doing what you love. <laughs> Nailed it. Hi, Tom. We're professionals. Yep. <laughs> do, 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 do. What is that from? Ant-Man? We're professionals. Oh, man. I'm not good at remembering the stuff. stuff. It's all good. It's not my strongest quality. That's disappointing. It is, especially with my wife. Yeah. Because her and her father are like encyclopedias of really movie information. That's like the thing. Yeah. If you're just casually like, oh man, who was? They're like this person. Yeah. And they were also in this, 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 and this. See, that's how I am, and Amy's like you. She doesn't remember it. If you want to do music, though. If it's within a couple genres, I feel like I'm... You're the guy. Pretty decent, at least. Yeah. See, I'm not... I'm okay with music. I'm great with movies. But mm. music, I'm okay with. There's, I mean, there's a lot of guys who remember a lot more about music than I do. Like, they'll remember what studio this record was recorded in, and what year, and who played on what, and what guitar they used. And, like, dude, I don't... I take it back. I'm not... Yeah. I'm know, not I'm that not. guy. No. No. I probably couldn't even tell you the year a lot of the records I love came out. Like, That's just not mine. I can tell you a window. Yeah. But IMDb, all over it. Mm. Crush it. Lucky you. Well, dude, hit me with a fact. Did you know? And I feel like this is fun for everybody at home working in the box. Uh, I have to remember it. So, hold up. Did you know that wearing headphones for an hour increases the bacteria in your ears by 700%. Oh, you're welcome. That is gross. <laughs> I wonder if it applies equally to in, like, in-ear buds and over-the-ear cans. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I guess either way, it's keeping it all compartmentalized mm. and just in there breeding. I wonder how many people get, like, mad ear infections who wear headphones all the time. I wonder if that's a thing. I don't know. But Either way, it's gross. I mean, I feel like most people keep their stuff clean, though. You ever see those people that don't? Yeah. They, like, walk by an oh. like, earbud. They're just, like... It's got... You, like, you can barely see the speaker screen and, like, the white Apple earbuds because <laughs> there's just earwax around. Oh, no. That's repulsive. So what are we talking about today? Today... We are talking about the top five things to help you succeed in music in 2019. Boom! We're going to hop on this listicles <laughs> train yeah, we're doing at the top of the year. Hashtag listicles. Listicles? Listicles? Listicles. No, 
Is it listicles? I was trying to get it closer uh, to test. We're going to buzz, buzzfeed this thing. That's what we're doing. Doing it. Embracing the internet, yeah. guys. Also, don't worry, uh, but in next week's episode, we're going to say we're back. First episode of 2019. But this is the first episode of 2019. Batch life. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> so, five ways to win in 2019. What's number one, Tom? Number one is hit publish. We talk about this a lot, but more specifically, hit publish on songs. Correct. Actual, I don't care what you call them, I don't care if they're singles, whatever, but whatever you put out last year, you need to put out more songs this year. Whether, if you put out one song, you need to try and get to like two songs. Right. Or one a quarter. Right. Push that envelope a little bit. If you were putting out one a quarter, Try and push that up to one a month. Right. If you were hitting that at one a month, honestly, you're probably on a good track. But, like, push yeah. yourself, too, to get a little extra. Maybe you power out a Christmas album this year. I don't know. Dude, I honestly think one song a month is is an awesome achievement. I if, agree. Yeah, I think one song a month is great. Uh, and I think that... I think one song a month is even better if you're documenting the creation of that song. For sure. And if you're creating content around that song every single month. But, I mean, one song is, is an album, an album's worth of material every single year. That's still twice as much as the traditional model. I think that's a huge win. Yeah. So, I also think that there's something to be said for um, being thoughtful about saturation when it comes to releasing your songs. Like... When you have, if you know, if you, self-awareness and saturation, if you know your bandwidth and you know what you can put out and you can get to one a month, then I think that's a huge win. And it's better than releasing all 12 at one time because then you're just, yeah. like, spread it out. Especially just in how people consume content now. Mm-hmm. It's not a secret. We all know this. Like, yeah. you know, you are way better off giving a nibble every month that people can keep coming back to. Mm-hmm. Then drop in an album in January and then having nothing else to put out for the rest of the year. Totally. Yep. Hit publish. Yeah. And I think the second half of that is not just, I think, yes, hitting publish on songs, but you've got to hit publish on content related to the songs as well. Which leads us to number two. Be consistent. Yes, sir. So it's not enough. I mean, this is what we say on this show a lot, consistent quality content, right? Mm-hmm. So these first two are not news to anybody watching or listening. If you've ever watched or listened to an episode before, this should not be news to you. But you, it is important to always be available to your follower base, to your listener base, to your team. Like, you always want stuff out there because what we're really working on when it comes to music is people's attention. Like you want to always be in the forefront of their attention so that they know when your music's coming out, so that they know that you've just released something and you want to bring them into the fold of watching that process. So you need to be doing it regularly. Yeah, I'll take it even a step further than uh, you want their attention. You want them to care. Yeah. Like. That's a great point. Like really at the end of the day, you want an audience of people that care about you mm-hmm. and what you create or your team creates or whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And the 
only way to do that is to build a community, and the only way to build a community is to show up right consistently. Right. We talked about it with nicotine when he was here. Mm-hmm. You know, that dude spends hours and hours and hours messaging every single person. Yep. That shows up. Yeah. Like, you're not above people. You're yeah. not better than people, and they don't owe you their time. So if somebody mm-hmm. cares enough. And as simple as it sounds, like to hit like or to hit share, that's mm-hmm. huge in this world. Yeah. You know, because if you aren't a huge band yet, you need people to talk about what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, and they don't have to do that. So if somebody takes your time, somebody cares enough, you need to show up for them. Yeah. And you need to give them a reason to keep showing up. Yeah. I would argue that the bigger. This depends on your view of the world, of course, but I would argue that the more, the bigger your audience grows, the more you serve them, not the other way around. The more you owe to your audience to continue to give them something to come back for on a regular basis. And I I shouldn't say the bigger it becomes, the more invested your audience becomes. And the more invested your audience becomes usually translates to it growing because people who become invested want others to be invested with them. It's the whole idea of fandom. Mm-hmm. So the more invested your audience becomes, I think it becomes more important to serve them by showing up consistently and not letting them down. Of course, forgive yourself if you drop the ball every once in a while. It happens for people. Mm-hmm. But do your best to show up each and every day and communicate, create new content, engage like hitting publish on something and then walking away is not the model. That's not the way to do it. You've got to have a conversation around if somebody comments, you better reply or at least like it. Like you need to acknowledge that their comment was seen. You need to be involved in the process in the whole thing with your community. Yeah. So. I'll also say outside of the community aspect of it, uh, whatever, I know everybody like gets hyped up on the goals and the, what they want to change and the new year, new you mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But whatever your thing is this year that you're like, you know, I want to be better at this. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you set, uh, I would encourage you to force yourself to show up for that. Mm-hmm. If your thing is, I want to be better at my instrument because I'm new, show up. Mm-hmm. Like, it is way better to pick up your guitar for 15 minutes a day, every day, yeah. than have one day every three weeks that you play for three hours. Absolutely right. You know? Like, make that so small and, you know, passive that, like, it just becomes a part of your life. Same, like, if you want to write more songs because you're like, man, I want to put out music like you guys are talking about, but I don't feel like my songs are there. Mm -hmm. The only way your songs are going to get there is if you keep writing songs. That's right. You know? And, like, a lot of writers that, you know, are authors of books and stuff, you know, they're like, cool, I write for half an hour a day or I write 750 words a day, Mm -hmm. whether it gets put in a book or not. And, you know... Again, start with within whatever scale fits into your life. But if you want to write better songs, you can put out more music. Mm-hmm. In some capacity, you need to do that too. So yeah. even if that's like you're going to write for 15 minutes a day, if you get one sentence, that's one sentence more than you got on a day you didn't do it. Absolutely right. And so I would encourage you in those goals to consistently show up as well so that in 2020, you can look back and be like, man... I didn't feel like I was doing a lot, but I got a lot better. Yeah. I think goal, I mean, we love goals. We We talk about goals. Goals are super important. 
but goals are nothing without habits mm-hmm. and systems and habits and systems start in ways that have to be easy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to pick up a guitar every day and play a chord. Mm-hmm. Like that's easy. And even like I'm reading, I'm actually reading a book on habits right now that I got for Christmas mm-hmm. and it's about making them easy, manageable and specific mm-hmm. like time and location. It's like when I, come back to the studio every day after my lunch break, the first thing I do when I sit down is I'm going to pick up the guitar and I'm going to play one chord. Mm -hmm. And that's how you develop the habit of getting better at guitar. Mm -hmm. Like it literally can be that simple. Or I'm going to play guitar for five minutes when I sit back at my desk, Mm -hmm. like whatever that is. When I get home from work, the first thing I do is I put down my bag and then I sit sit down and play five minutes of guitar. easy with a time and location specific, right? So in my living room stuff and I play guitar for five minutes after work every day. Yep. That's how habits are formed. And that's the way that you develop that consistency, I think. Yeah. Number three, collaborate. I think this is always important. And I think, yeah, musicians are terrible about this, totally. except for rappers. Yeah. Rappers are great about this. It's because musicians are self-conscious, and when we collaborate, we let people in to see our flaws. I also think there's kind of this hold-up uh, idea from the past. Like, probably our childhood and before, where it's like, there's so much weight in the band, which mm-hmm. is ironic because bands are much of a thing right now, as much as I wish they totally would get it together. Right. Where it's like, oh, this is this huge thing, this huge relationship, and it's got to be all this. I would love to see people's perspective shifts, even if you're in a band. Where you're just like, cool, this is a compartment that this kind of art goes into. Mm -hmm. But I always create art, and sometimes I create pop art, and sometimes I create rock art, and sometimes I create hip-hop art, or whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. And worrying way less about, like, I've got to do this thing and fit into this box... And more just to be like, cool, I create. I yeah. create music, I create art, and if I'm by myself, I'm gonna create art. If I'm here with Tom, we're gonna hang out and create something. And like taking the weight off of that, of like, oh, we gotta make this thing do this thing. And I think when people are like, cool, let's just see what happens, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna do something that sounds dope in my head, and then you're gonna be like, well, this sounds like this would be cool with that. And yeah. I'm going to be like, oh, that is right. Well, let me try this. Right. And kind of, you know, honestly get back to like the high school mentality of creating totally. music. Yeah. Uh, and doing that with other people. You're going to build your community, mm-hmm. especially in your, you know, whether that's local or, you know, if you're doing it over the internet because mm-hmm. all the resources are there. Uh, yeah. Make new friends. Yeah. And you find new audience. Like everybody wins in yeah. collaboration. It's a net win for sure. You know? I think another reason some some people really are interested in like maintaining ownership of the things they create, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I would much rather have 50% of 100 than 100% of zero. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's going to, when you get in the room with other people or in the room, even if it's online, uh, which I think is an extremely viable way of making music, I mean, it's how I make my living from mm-hmm. crying out loud, uh, you you would be amazed at what you can learn from other people. Yes. And if you go in, if you go into any situation of collaboration with the 
desire to be open and learn. Yeah. And that's, I mean, to be honest, collaborating, I think, is in many ways a very largely selfish endeavor because mm-hmm. you get to take the things that you like that somebody else does well and learn from them. Yeah. Um, and you also end up with something great at the end of it if you work well together. So you win on multiple counts. Yeah. I think that collaborating is a really healthy and strong thing. And like you said, community grows. And community is one of the most important things. It is an absolute cornerstone of our humanity mm-hmm. is doing life with other people. And if you can do it doing something that you love, then that's awesome. I also think it's a, a failing mindset to be opposed to it. It's kind of like what you were touching on the whole. Mm-hmm. I think there's this weird mentality of people that want to own their own thing mm-hmm. and believe their own hype when they've never done anything. Totally. Like those people, the ones that are like, ah, oh, I don't want them in on because then they're going to take something. Those people have never mm-hmm. actually made any money off their music. Right. Because they're so worried about like, oh, well, I got to keep this and make sure I have mm-hmm. that and can't do this. Right. They're so worried about all the stuff that they never actually like are doing the thing and putting out the music. and Yeah. You don't want those people anyway. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> All right, what are we on? Number four? Number four. Number four. Get out of your comfort zone. I think it's a good natural progression from the last point. Yeah. Uh, it's, well, what you like what you just said, people who want to maintain ownership and get the credit and stuff like that. Like it's, uh, there's a comfort in that. You're not, if you don't expose yourself to writing with somebody else, then you don't take a risk mm-hmm. to show your flaws. Yeah. Like, I, I know that's not, this, that's not the genesis of this bullet point that we started with before we started recording, but I think it's a good natural progression from that. I think that the only way that you're gonna grow as a creator and an artist is to do things that make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like trying to learn new instruments. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to learn how to sing if that's something you don't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my experience, learning how to play other things has only informed my ability to play my primary instrument better. Absolutely. And it also has made life a lot easier for me when it comes to understanding how to make music with other people who play those instruments. Mm-hmm. Uh, like downloading a new uh, musical app or like playing around with a new piece of gear. Like that's something that you mentioned. Like we're not, we're not all about going out and buying new gear, new gear, new gear, but sometimes a new piece of gear can be the thing that like opens up this world for you. It's why you hear like entire records that are made around one thing. Yeah. Cause like the lead guitar player got this cool new keyboard and then like, that's the whole album is like that keyboard. To be clear, cause I want to have a firm differentiation. Don't buy gear to buy gear. But I'm literally just saying this. I just want to make sure people hear this. Yeah. Gear doesn't make you better. But what we do think is that new things in your environment can inspire you. Yes. Use the inspiration. Do mm-hmm. not use the crutch of, I can't do this because I don't have this piece of gear. Right. Just to be clear. Right. Uh, but yeah, get outside your comfort zone. I mean, Tom pretty much hit it. Like, I would encourage you, you know... If you have a pretty like clear warehouse of music that you listen to, I'm not saying you have to change what you're into, but like maybe, you know, once every week or so, mm-hmm. you just kind of go down the rabbit hole of like just trying a different genre that you wouldn't typically listen to, mm-hmm. and just kind of see what's out there and see yeah. if like something inspires you. And 
yeah, put yourself in different environments, yeah. try different things. I'm glad you said that. That was one that was on my mind is listening to music that you don't normally listen to. That can have a huge impact on how you write and how you create because you can hear stuff like that you've just never thought of before. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you have thought of it? If, I, if I'm a metalhead and I've le never listened to jazz, mm -hmm. why would I think about anything that comes from that? You know what I mean? No. But if you can take those, like, it doesn't mean I'm gonna turn around and write a jazz record, mm -hmm. but I can take some of those things like, oh, that was really cool. Yeah. How can I apply that to what I enjoy doing? Yeah, because even if you pull a chord, yeah. Pull a tone that maybe like mm -hmm. isn't commonplace in your genre. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, that synth sounds really dope, but like, I don't really hear that a lot in rock music. Mm -hmm. What is that? That's how innovation happens, right yeah. there. It's like the the intro to Bobo O'Reilly, that forever long little keyboard thing. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like out of left field, and I guarantee you it was because Pete Townsend was listening to something that wasn't even related to the Who. Mm -hmm. It's like. Oh, that's this sort of thing is really cool. Let's just start the record with that for five minutes, and mm -hmm. everybody's like, "Are you crazy?" And yeah. then it ended up being a smash. Yeah, like that's how that stuff happens. Yeah. All right, number five. Number five. Fifth bullet point: Stop caring what other people think. How do you do that, Tom? I want to say it is literally as easy as stopping caring what other people think, but I wish it was. Yeah, but it's not. You have to, it is an active process. I think it is an active process in that you play defense, defense against it anytime it happens. So be aware, like try to cultivate awareness of recognizing when it happens. Like, why am I not doing this thing? Am I worried what somebody's gonna think? Okay, I am worried what somebody's gonna think. I'm going to decide not to let that affect my decision. And you have to, you'll have to do that a lot first, but it's like any habit you can, you can do it with something small. Like say, say you're not ready to do it with releasing a song, mm -hmm. but you can start doing it just on like Instagram stories. They disappear in 24 hours. They're gone. Mm -hmm. You can start doing stuff on there that you would normally be afraid of opinion about and just do it anyway. That can be the thing that you decide to not care what anybody thinks. And that habit will translate out as you start to cultivate it. Yep. I think, pretty much tacking onto that, uh, hitting publish is the biggest thing that allows you to stop caring. Because every time you do it and you realize the world didn't blow up, <laughs> and that you didn't get unfriended by 14,000 people, and yep. your mom didn't you know, block your phone number, or whatever, like, mm -hmm. every time you do that, you get a little bit more confident. Yep. And a little bit more confident, and then you do it again, a little bit more confident. And I don't believe it's a switch, but I do think like the habits, if you put it into practice constantly, mm -hmm. the smaller and smaller and smaller that voice in the back of your head becomes mm -hmm. that you don't have to constantly fight with. Yeah. Uh, and I think the other thing with that is audit your circle. Amen to that. Yeah. Where, <clears throat> you know, you don't owe anybody your friendship. Nope. Like, and... I say this as someone that, like, is always going to try and be nice to every person I meet, but, like, you know, the, you're the product of the five people you spend the most time around mm -hmm. is a very real thing. And if the people in your inner circle that you spend the most time around, that you do the most life with, if those people 
are constantly negative and constantly finding excuses or finding reasons something isn't going to work, mm-hmm. they need to not be in that circle. You yeah. need to not invest your mental and emotional energy. You know, you don't need that yes man that like sit no. and tell you everything's great when it's not. No. But you do need optimistic, positive people mm-hmm. in your life that are like, this is dope. Or this is so much better than the last time. You mm-hmm. improved. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. you need encouragement and support. And you don't, no one needs negativity. There's 7 billion people on this planet. Like, find somebody cool. Yeah. <laughs> They're out there. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't always mean cutting people out completely either. I think that's the, that can be the hard choice for people. It's like, well, I have to cut this person out completely. No. Like, if it's your mom... You don't have to cut your mom out of your life. You can just limit your time. Yeah. Like that is also a step in the right direction. Just limit your time, limit your interaction. Or maybe you don't need to talk about music with your mom. Or maybe you don't need to talk about music with your mom. You know, like, I'm never going to tell somebody to not have a relationship with their mother. No. But if every single time you bring up something creative, if they don't understand that, if that's not their world, that's okay. They still brought you into this world. They're still mm-hmm. your mother. You know, you can talk about school and, you Can't know, agrees. homework and whatever. Yeah. But, like, maybe you just don't need to talk about your band. Right. You know, and you just kind of, like, need to let that be your mm-hmm. thing that you work on in your time. And hopefully that then gets to a place where she's surprised and is like, Right. This is bigger than I thought it could be. Absolutely. But some some people just, if it's not their thing, they, they can't see the vision. Mm-hmm. Some people just can't see the vision in anything, period. Yeah. And they don't know it until it hits them in the face. Yeah. And if that's somebody close to you, then you can just not talk to them about it, not make them part of the the sounding board in the journey. And then one day they'll be like, oh my God, this is great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's fine. Yep. Totally cool. But don't like pollute yourself with worrying about their opinion and approval along the way. Because yep. then you're never going to get to the place where they might enjoy it ultimately too. Yep. So yeah, stop caring what people think. That's it, guys. That's it. Five ways to win. Five ways to slay 2019. Boom. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching.